So we're sitting on the couch, and Fire Across the Galaxy is less than a half an hour away. Are you guys excited? Yeah. Anna? Totally. I don't, I'm well, so excited. I don't even know what to say. Um, actually, I think I might need to say... I'm so excited. Say that a hundred more times. Okay, that's how excited you are. All right, so I just thought we could talk for just a little bit before we watch the episode, and just one last time before we watch this episode, I think is going to really blow our minds, I think. Um, I thought we could maybe really quick talk about what we think we're going to see in it, and see whether or not we were right about anything, or it's just kind of fun to, to guess. It's or fun to, to speculate or wrong. Yes, Anna. So I just have a list of questions. We're going to run through them and then we're going to hit pause and we're going to watch the show and then we'll be back after we watch the show. So, question one Will Ezra find out anything about his parents? Yes. Really? I think I'll find out one little thing, but. Yeah. And I know. I think I know who Fulcrum is. You think you know who Either Fulcrum? Ezra's mom or dad. Wow. Or both. How could there be two Fulcrum? That doesn't make sense. Well, we've never they seen could Fulcrum. Take, but they could take turns. the hologram, we've only seen one. They could take turns. Yeah, they make their voice sound um, different. I don't think Jedi call it take turns. <laughs> okay. Will the Wookiees come to the rescue like you thought they would, Liam? Well, I think so, because remember at the end of the episode when Sabine said, they said that they'll be there whenever you need us. Oh, yeah, at the end of Spark of Rebellion. Yep. Anna, what do you think? Do you think I we'll think see the Wookiees? I think they'll come to the rescue, too. You think we'll see them in this episode? Yeah. Maybe? I hope. Yeah. Why do you think Vader is going to be in this episode? What what purpose will he serve? What do you think? That's a tricky I one. I think I know. Yeah? I think he's going to kill Inquisitor for failing. That's what I think too, Liam. Kill him. Yeah. And I mean kill him. Okay. All right. Do you think they'll actually get to Mustafar or will they, will they just be on... You know, the ship above Mustafar. Do you think they'll actually get down to the Well, that would be boring. Then the whole show would be them in hyperspace. That would be so boring. Oh, I don't mean in hyperspace. In the previews, we see the the Star Destroyers uh, outside of Mustafar, you know, in orbit around Mustafar. So, so I think they're going. You think they'll get down to the planet? Yeah. Wow, that would be something. Who will fall... Inquisitor, because I, I just said yeah. Vader might kill Inquisitor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, kill, kill him. Right, Liam? What do you think, Anna? Jeez, Daddy. <laughs> I think the same that Liam thinks. Yeah? Well, mm-hmm. I, I think the same thing. But I kind of don't want to see the Inquisitor go. I want to see more of him. He's such a good bad guy. and. I want to like, learn more about him. Like, in the first, like, in our first actual main podcast episode, I said he was my one of my favorite force, dark side force users. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to tell you, that's in our Anna podcast. Yes. Oh, that was, in, that was in episode one, yes. And finally, who is Fulcrum? Liam, your prediction. My prediction is... 
parents. Ezra's parents. Anna. Either Princess Leia or Ezra's parents. Daddy came up with those two, and Mm. I kind of took them in. And I'm going with Princess Leia. Although, if I got a second choice, I would would say Ahsoka. If I had a second choice. But I'm just going to go with Princess Leia. Okay, well... The show's almost started. I think we're going to watch the second half of uh, Rebel Resolve. And uh, and then it'll go right into Fire Across the Galaxy. And uh, like I, I had said on Twitter, I think, you know what I think is going to fall? I think our jaws are going to fall because we're going to go like this. <laughs> Same with me. <laughs> That's what I think is going to happen. Just to tell you, Dad was opening his mouth very wide like he was so surprised. Yes. Our yes. jaws will fall. Our jaws will fall. Bum, bum, bum. And our top jaws will <laughs> stand upright. Ooh. Will rise. Will right. rise. <laughs> okay. Rise All right. Well, fall. we'll see you on the other side. And, uh... Can't wait to watch it. Hello, my friend. It is good to see you again. I don't understand. I met you once. For a few moments. I don't even know your name. His name is Senator Bail Organa. And the crews of the blockade runners? Members of other rebel cells. There are other cells. We're a cell? Wait, did you know we were a cell? Um, no. We weren't supposed to meet. That way, if captured, we couldn't reveal the other rebels to the Empire. That was the protocol. The protocol has changed. What? Who's oh, who that? that? I'm so excited! Who is it? 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 Fulcrum. Ahsoka. My name is Ahsoka Tano. I want to say something about it. I want to say something about it. I want to say something about it. And it is... She's back! She's back! Where is she? Ah! Ah! She's back. (laughs) Why did you come here? Because of you and your apprentice. Many in this system and beyond have heard your message. You gave them hope in their darkest times. We didn't want that hope to die. Alright, we just finished the episode. What do you guys think? Awesome. Yeah. Anna? Oh my gosh. It was so good! I, like, screamed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's my phone buzzing because my brother's texting me because Kate, our cousin Kate, he said you should have seen the look, the smile on her face when Ahsoka showed up. How did you guys feel when you saw Ahsoka? Um, I think I saw like I was going to faint. You felt like you were going to faint, Liam? Yep. Wow. Oh, that was awesome. I might actually faint in the middle of this thing, so be aware. <laughs> you might faint in the middle of the of recording this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell by your voice that you are tired, and it is past our bedtime. So we stayed up late for Star Wars, which this is not the last time we're going to stay up late for Star Wars. I'm sure we will be doing that 
again in the future. When episode seven comes out. <laughs> yeah, when when the Force Awakens comes out. Yeah, Force Awakens. Uh, and, and when when Ezra came in and the Inquisitor were fighting, I was so scared. I had to cuddle my doll like really hard and cuddle with Daddy. Yes, you did need some cuddles. Guess what? Yeah, yeah, man. Then um, Ahsoka showed up. Mm-hmm. I banged my dolly on, into the couch. <laughs> you guys were both cuddling with dolls, weren't you? And, yeah. and you banged your dolly into the couch, Liam? Because yeah. you were so surprised and excited? Yeah. I can probably imitate you doing that, even though I didn't see you. Okay. Well, this is just our initial reactions. Uh, I think we're going to have to watch it again. Um you know, in the next couple days, and then we will record a little more of a, you know, in-depth kind of analysis of the show, uh, and talk about the different things that we saw. So, but for tonight, uh, we're going to go to bed, and uh, we'll be back, you know, in a couple days to record the rest of this podcast. Of course, when people are listening to it, they'll they'll hear it all at once. Yeah, Liam, one, one thing, Liam. Okay. It was funny when the stranger is like, Oh, that's not one of ours, but I like that one. Yeah. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, the stormtrooper said, I kind of like that. I kind of like it. Yeah. And then it blew up. And then it didn't blow up, but it did a, like an ion pulse to shut down the, the ship. When else have we seen an, uh, a pulse like that in Star Wars that shuts down all the electronics? Do you remember? The malevolence arc of the Clone Wars. That was like the whole thing. That was the special weapon that Grievous had, right? Right. And then there's also the uh, the other spot was in Empire Strikes Back when the ion cannons were shot out of Hoth. Remember the big ion cannon shot the Star Destroyer orbiting Hoth so that the transport the first transport is away. Yay! Remember? Do you remember that? Mm, no. Anyway. No. They, they use that same tactic on, on Hoth. So it's been a week since we recorded that last part. Uh, Liam got a cold, and his voice wasn't sounding that good, and we just haven't had a lot of time. Anna, you've been really busy with stuff. and So now we have some time to sit down and finish reviewing Fire Across the Galaxy. Uh, which I think is really great because the, the season started with spark of rebellion and then that spark spread into a fire across the galaxy, which is really neat. I like, I love that they, how those two titles really work together. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Liam. Yeah. So you guys watched it a second time with your babysitter, who's been watching all of the Rebels episodes with you. Uh, and Anna, you had—I asked you to take some notes uh, on that second viewing, um, and I asked you to take some notes or maybe say, you know, write down some things that you wanted to talk about on the podcast. And your first note was that you thought it was funny at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What parts were did you like? Did you think were really funny? Can you remember? Was it like the Sabine stuff? Where she yeah, said, like the yeah. Sabine stuff. Did you miss me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you missed me. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. That was really funny. And how Ezra and Zeb just kind of waltzed onto that yeah. transport. They're just like, just standing there. Like, they're not even hiding. And it just slowly raises them up. And I like the part where Sabine said, you got a little better. But I got 
But I got even better. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But I got way better. But I got way better. Oh, is that right, Liam? You got a little better, but I got way better. Yeah. I love that line because a lot of fans were really disappointed with how bumbling the stormtroopers have been in in Rebels. Like, a lot of the times they just seemed like they're just buffoons. Like, they're not smart at all or, they, you know, they don't know how to fight at all. But they go through this training. They They should be able to be a better shot. And actually they were horrible shots when they were shooting at Sabine and Sabine didn't seem like she was worried at all about getting hit. I don't know. It's like, there's something wrong with their blasters, you know, or are they, are they trying to miss? Like their shots are so far away from Sabine. So, so they did get a little bit of, a little bit of that in this episode too. I feel like, uh, the, the troopers were still not that great, but at least, you know, Sabine says that they got better. They got a little better. (laughs) <laughs> and they have been getting better as the series has gone on. So they steal that transport ship. They're going to use it to go save Kanan. And we see that the Inquisitor is tra- is uh, interrogating Kanan again. Uh, and he asks Kanan about Fulcrum. He says, what can you tell me about your, about these rebels? What do you know about Fulcrum? How does the Inquisitor know about Fulcrum? Hmm. Yeah, that's what I was just going to think you said. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I was listening to Rebel Force Radio and their reaction episode. And uh, their theory, I think it was uh, Jimmy Mack's theory, I think, was that um, they, the Imperials, you know, intercepted a transmission. Or maybe that Gal Travis knew about Fulcrum. So Gal Travis told him about Fulcrum. And That's I think what I thought. that makes the most sense, I yeah. think. Like maybe one of the other cells that Gal Travis worked with and was trying to get information from, maybe they weren't as tight lipped as Hera was. Tight lipped means you don't say anything, right? Right. You keep your lips tight. <laughs> so maybe they weren't quite as tight lipped as as our rebels were. And maybe they said, Oh, well, we heard about you from Fulcrum. And then maybe he went back to the Imperials and said, Hey, there's a guy named Fulcrum, or there's a person named Fulcrum who's really important to these rebels, you know? Uh, that's That seems like probably the most obvious answer. Yeah, yeah. Most obvious. yeah. So the Inquisitor really gets under Kanan's skin. I was really surprised because Kanan kind of jokes around with him in, in Rebel Resolve a little bit. Like, I see you. I see, I see you getting more frustrated. Remember, he kind of was trying to joke with the Inquisitor a little bit, right? When did the, the Inquisitor ask him again? But the Inquisitor asks him, what was the last thing your master said to you before she died? Mm-hmm. And he tells him. He tells the Inquisitor. I know. Run. I don't get that either. Because he was just, the Inquisitor was, you know, shocking him, and he was trying to get into his head by using the Force and using mind control kind of stuff on him. And I think that Kanan just let go, and he just he said she said run. I'm really looking forward to seeing that in the Kanan comic that comes out next month, because we're gonna see that scene basically. Yeah. Wow. I wonder how Depa Balaba dies. Me too. Hmm. It's coming out next month. I think we're definitely gonna get that comic. Yeah. Yeah, we might get all those comics. That might be the one comic series that I buy every month when it comes out. Because I, I want to buy all of them, but it's going to be too much money. <laughs> so that one I hope to, to buy every month. So why did they take Kanan to Mustafar? What do you guys think? Why? 
What do you think, Lynn? I think that they took it to there because it's basically like a Sith planet. All the Edel planets are like beautiful. Oh. Sometimes. Yeah. And this planet it just, well, kind of beautiful because it's like red and yeah. kind of beautiful. But also, it's really like, really, it has a lava all over it. Lava. So yeah. maybe they were just. Well, probably they would try to get them to him to the dark side first. But if they couldn't get to him to the dark side, they might throw him in the lava. Oh, yeah. What do you think, Um, I think what you thought and what Daddy oh. thought was, I think they took him to Mustafar because there's a lot of Sith energy on Mustafar. Mm-hmm. So it would be easier to turn Kanan to the dark side. Yeah, there has to be a reason, right? I mean, because they had him on Tarkin's ship in space outside of Lothal. And then they went to Mustafar, but they didn't even go down to the planet. They just stayed in the ship. Maybe they were making their way down to the planet? It sure didn't look like it. They were faced away from the planet. So it does seem like Mustafar is strong with the dark side. And I was telling you guys that in, in Tarkin, there are there's actually uh, uh, some information in Tarkin, the novel, that tells us that... There are places that are strong with the dark side, even underneath the, and this is a spoiler alert if you haven't read Tarkin, I guess, but, you know, it's not a huge plot point, but it's really interesting that underneath the Jedi Temple, way underneath it, there is an ancient Sith shrine that is strong in the dark side. Just like how there's that Jedi shrine on Lothal. There's that Jedi Temple kind of, oh, right? Oh, yeah. That's strong with the Force, right? There, it's it's like a, a nexus, they might call it, right? A place that is really strong with a certain kind of energy, right? So, I was going to just read a little bit of the this part from Tarkin, because I really think it's great. Uh, so it says, the two of them, this is Sidious and, uh, and his droid, 114D, which actually was Plagueis' droid in Darth Plagueis, which is pretty cool that they included that. Um... The two of them were in Sidious's lair, a small rock-walled enclosure beneath the deepest of the palace's several sublevels that had once been an ancient Sith shrine. That the Jedi had raised their temple over the shrine had for a thousand years been one of the most closely guarded secrets of those Sith lords who had perpetuated and implemented the revenge strategy of the Jedi Order's founders. Even the most powerful of dark side adepts believed that shrines of the sort existed only on Sith worlds, which I think is really cool. And it even says that even Vader was unaware of the shrine's existence, but it was here that they would one day work together the way Sidious and Plagueis had to coax from the dark side, its final secrets. And Plagueis's goal basically was to rule. He thought that if they could get the full force of the dark side, that they would be able to rule for 10,000 years and shape reality <laughs> Which I don't know. I mean, what do you think? If they, if I don't know, places that are strong on the dark side would allow you to, I don't know. That's some crazy stuff, but that's in the book. That's canon. Yeah. Which I wonder if that's going to come to play in, in The Force Awakens at all. That kind of force power. I wonder if that will be something that they explore that in The Force Awakens. Awesome. And if I watch the movie and that did happen, I'll faint. You would faint. Wow. Okay, so Anna, you had another note when you were watching the episode, and it was, uh, why does he let go? 
And I read that and I thought, I know exactly what you're talking about, of course. Why does the Inquisitor let go, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there was an interview with uh, Dave Filoni, the executive producer of Rebels. And here's the question that was asked by uh, Dan Brooks, who was writing for StarWars.com. So he asks Dave Filoni, on to the season finale, he says, There was something about the Inquisitor's death, and maybe you disagree, that seemed Jedi-like to me. He didn't seem afraid to die. He accepted his death. Can you talk about that? And Dave Filoni responds, It's interesting. The Inquisitor chose death because it was easier than facing the penalty for his failure. He's afraid of Vader and knows he would probably die at his hand. That's why he tells Kanan there are far worse things than death. He gives in to death, but he doesn't do it like Obi-Wan, surrendering in a poetic way, sacrificing himself for the greater good. The Inquisitor does it out of fear. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Now you know why you let go? Because mm -hmm. he was afraid what Vader would do to him would be far worse mm -hmm. than him just dying. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just, I love reading interviews with Dave Filoni because he has just an amazing way of talking about Star Wars and explaining and exploring all the angles of the Star Wars universe. Uh, I just wanted to read one more question and answer because I just, I love his answers and they're so cool. So then this, uh, Dan Brooks asks, uh, had the Inquisitor jumped back up? Kanan would have killed him, right? Jumped back up instead of falling down, right? Like Luke Skywalker. Well, Luke didn't jump back up. What do you mean? Yeah, on the skiff. Oh, on the skiff. Oh, good point. Yes. <laughs> I thought you meant uh, Cloud City. This battle reminded me more of kind of like Cloud City, right? Where Luke is hanging and then he lets go, right? Cool. Yeah. So anyway, Dave Filoni's answer was, that's a hard question. <laughs> Did killing Darth Maul really help Obi-Wan? Or was Obi-Wan avenging Qui-Gon's death? We find out later that Maul wasn't dead. The vengeful feeling in Maul lasted for years and led to the death of many, including somebody, spoiler alert, somebody Obi-Wan really cared about. You guys haven't seen that episode yet, so sorry, I just gave you a spoiler. <laughs> uh, and Dave Filoni, <laughs> you probably do, because you probably looked in the episode guides that we checked out from the log. Don't tell me. <laughs> okay. Don't tell me. So Dave Filoni goes on to say, think of it this way. He kills Maul, theoretically, in The Phantom Menace. The Jedi don't learn whether or not he was an apprentice or a master. They don't learn anything about the Sith. They learn nothing, and Palpatine's plans continue. But if he captures Maul which would have been harder, maybe Palpatine's scheme doesn't go as planned. Same thing with Mace Windu. He goes into Chancellor's office to arrest him. That's the right idea. He resolves after the Chancellor murders the other Jedi to kill him. He's too dangerous to be left alive, is what Mace Windu says. Mace knows that the courts will let him off, right? Well, his decision to kill Palpatine is what drives Anakin to save Palpatine. I believe if Mace tries to persist with arresting him, Anakin will go along with it. So there's a fair trial. So these little gray areas and decisions end up having a big impact. The Inquisitor and his effect on Kanan is probably not over. So we think, oh, Kanan should just kill the Inquisitor. But then you think, like, that can have really bad repercussions down the road. Mm -hmm. you know? So, so he didn't technically kill the Inquisitor. Maybe. But. I say, mm -hmm. maybe really quickly, he mm -hmm. jumped out of the way. 
and jumped like maybe like maybe you know when Ezra fell down mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. Um. Did you see all the way down? That might have been space. So maybe when he was falling, he jumped backwards a little bit and then fell into the fell into space and he's still alive. The Inquisitor. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's a lot of people who are saying that they're not convinced that he's dead because how many times have we seen, you know, we saw, you know, well, we saw Anakin being, well, you didn't see it because I skipped that part in the movie, but Anakin burned up and he still lives and Darth Maul split in half, cut in half and he still lives, right? So you're thinking the Inquisitor might still be alive too. Dave Filoni has said in an interview that that's basically not the case. He is dead is what he said. But did you know why Darth Maul gets split in half? Why you see two halves of Darth Maul's body fall down the, the shaft? Do you know why it's it's like that? Because George Lucas said that when Boba Fett went into the Sarlacc pit, people said, oh, he's not really dead. We didn't actually see him die. So so George Lucas, yeah, when he... he does fly out in the books. In the books, right? that's right. So, so I don't know but if he flies... I don't know. I, that's not canon. Okay. Although George Lucas did say before the sale to Lucasfilm that Boba Fett survived the Sarlacc pit. Okay. So it's George Lucas canon? I'm not sure. We'd have to ask... What if he's uh, in episode 7 in uh, Force Awakens? <laughs> he could be. But, what, but, but George Lucas had Darth Maul split in half. So that nobody would think that he was alive. People would say, okay, yes, he's dead. He's not coming back. There's no way. And then what does George Lucas do? He brings him back anyway in the Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah, but also, yeah. Um, they would actually probably die if someone stabbed them in the heart with a lightsaber. Then they would be dead, I think. Yeah, dead, dead. Yeah. Like, dead, 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 dead. Yeah, dead. in Star Wars, there's dead, there's dead, dead, and there's dead, dead, dead. What's dead, dead, dead? Dead, dead, dead would be like dead, for sure dead, and you're not a force ghost dead. <laughs> Maybe, huh? Dead, dead, dead. I think the Inquisitor is dead, dead, dead. <laughs> so, and there's also typically dead, but not dead. <laughs> they think they're dead, but they're not dead. There's also that dead. Yeah, yeah, there's that too. So, okay, so Kanan thinks that Ezra dies when he falls down. Right? Did you, did you guys think that that's what Kanan thought? Yeah. When he saw Ezra fall down, he thought Ezra died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is kind of weird, because you think he could sense in the Force that he was still alive. Mm-hmm. But I guess he's in the middle of a fight and stuff. And, you know, he never became a Jedi. Maybe there's some things he just can't... He can't do. You know? He never was a full Jedi, you know? But he has sensed things before, like, he since... Has. yeah. He has sensed Ezra's presence before. Hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't know, but I think that he does think that Ezra's dead. It does. It sure does seem like that. So when Ezra's gone, then Kanan doesn't have any fear. So that's sort of still there. That's he doesn't know. Yeah, but what was Kanan's fear? Ah, the Inquisitor. The Inquisitor killing Ezra. Mm Hmm. Kanan. I think Kanan's fear is just Ezra dying. Yeah, and maybe Kanan being somewhat responsible for that, right? So, when you think about the Jedi Code of not having attachment, and because attachment leads to fear, this is sort of proving that, isn't it? Once, once Kanan thought Ezra was dead. What, well, sure. So, so it, I think that a lot of times we, I know that us three, right, we think the Jedi were kind of wrong saying that they shouldn't mm-hmm. have attachment. That, you know, attachment is a good thing. To love mm-hmm. someone is a good thing. But I think what we saw there... With the Inquisitor and Ezra and Kanan, I think was a vindication of the Jedi Order. 
because then Kanan could fight and he could he could the, he let the force flow through him without that fear. But I think it's strange um, because during his training, Kanan was telling Ezra to make attachments. I wonder if he'll rethink that now. Maybe we'll see Kanan like unattaching himself from the crew of the ghost. Because when he realizes that without attachments, he can be a better fighter, maybe he's going to care more about being a better fighter and less about... That's not the way of the Jedi, but maybe. But that is kind of the way of the Jedi, right? Yeah. Not having attachments so that you don't have to fear. But we think that's wrong. Fighting isn't that good. Talking is, though. I agree. Yeah. But there comes a time when you have to fight. I mean, talking to the Inquisitor would not have worked. I mean, having attachments is good, and too much fighting is not really good. True. But the Jedi care about fighting, not attachment. So I think that in Season 2, we we might see Kanan unattaching himself, I think. And I wonder if... Did you guys see when we watched Rebels Recon, when they showed the concept art? One of the pictures that they showed was, like, the Rebel crew along with the, I think it was called Phoenix Squad, is that right? Or the Phoenix, the Phoenix Cell or something like that? The other group of Rebels that they're going to be in contact with? There was a group with, like, all of them standing around this table, Mm -hmm. like they do in the Clone Wars. Yeah, but Kanan was sitting out. That's right, Kanan was sitting out to one side. He almost looked like he was kind of sad or like he didn't want to be part. Or maybe he felt, like, um... Jealous. Jealous. He's not like like he can't he can't be in charge of anything. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Maybe beca- maybe because Ahsoka's there, and she's so much better at at using the Force than he is. She had more training than he did, or maybe the other cells are better at like military stuff, and that was kind of his you know, role to play with the rebels was being like the person who organized the the operations. You know, but maybe there's these other people who are better at that. So maybe he's going to feel like he just doesn't have a place anymore. You know, which might lead to more unattachment. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. So do you guys think that this battle over Mustafar is the first time that the Empire sees anything like the Rebel Alliance? Is that like the introduction of the Rebel Alliance to the Empire? Maybe. I mean, they did not see that coming, did they? No. The Empire had no idea that there'd be more people coming. No. Tarkin had no idea. No. I love that. I love seeing the Empire caught unaware. It's just so ah, it's so great. But I think that it was it happened earlier than the Rebels wanted it to. Like I think Ahsoka really when she told them to leave Kanan and to not go after him, that's probably why. Because she didn't want to have to help out. Because if she did, then the Empire would know that there's other rebels out there. And once they know, then they're going to start trying to find them. You know? I think. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so they rescue Kanan, and they're in hyperspace, and Chopper leads them to Fulcrum. And when Bail Organa's hologram popped out of Chopper, what did you guys think? I thought he, I thought he was Fulcrum. Same with me. Yeah? And that's what made me thought, too. Yeah. That's our babysitter. Your, our babysitter, yeah. That we talked about early in the earlier in the podcast. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I kinda did too, and I was I was disappointed. I was like, really? It's Bail? Come on, it's so obvious. But then and then the second Ahsoka said that the protocol has changed, Bail Organa's image vanished. He did not stick around for that conversation. 
I don't know if there's something there or not. This seems weird that he would just vanish. And right? Also, maybe we've... they maybe he doesn't know who Falcom is, and he doesn't want and um and uh, the rebel team doesn't want him to know. That could be. And I think it's kind of weird that he's only in that first season two times. Yeah. In the second one where he helps out, uh-huh. and the last one where he just says like one sentence, then done. Yeah. Yeah. So Kanan asks who the crews of the blockade runners were. And the blockade runners, those are the ships that look like Bail Organa's ship. We never did find out, did we? All they said was that they were members of other cells. Right? And I know we talked about what cells were, but I'm going to say really quick in case there's kids listening to they don't understand what a cell is. It's basically just a small group that is part of a larger group. So... The and oh yeah, so then here's the thing. So Sabine says we're a cell, and Hera says we weren't supposed to be. I don't really understand that. Or maybe what she means is you all weren't supposed to know that we <laughs> that we are a cell, because Hera was taking orders from Fulcrum, which kind of makes them a cell. But then she said we weren't supposed to be. I don't really understand that. But so they weren't a cell yet. But then once they became, once once they met Ahsoka, now they are a cell. I'm not sure. But I guess they're still going to work on their own and not part of the bigger picture. Or maybe they are going to, yeah, they're going to start working with Phoenix Squadron. I want to say Squadron. I'm not sure if that's what they're called. But they're not hiding anymore because, as Ahsoka says, the protocol has changed. Seriously, I just, we're talking about Ahsoka. Ahsoka. I still cannot believe that we're talking about Ahsoka in Rebels. Like, we get to talk about Ahsoka again. I know. <laughs> so, it's so exciting. Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. So she says that others have heard the message that, that Ezra, the message that Ezra gave at the end of Call to Action, right? Others have heard that message and it gave them hope mm-hmm. and that they didn't want that hope to die. So Ezra had to be saved because he brings people hope. Is that kind of the deal? Is that why they came in? I guess. So is that Ezra's role to play? He's going to be like the voice of the rebellion? Like his parents were kind of the voice of the resistance? Like the voice of peace. Yeah. That's, well, I don't know. I don't know about peace. I don't think, I don't think the rebels are going to expect, be expecting to have peace anytime soon. <laughs> but. They're going to have to fight. They want to They have, have to fight. Yeah, that's right. They want to have freedom. They want to have, let people in the galaxy do what they want to do as long as it doesn't hurt I other the people. Empire was all dead, so people are going to go. Uh, I don't care if I die, because there's no empire, so they couldn't die, basically. What? Yes, there is. What? When there's no empire, there's people won't die? Well, yeah, they will. Oh. But not, like, actually, like, killed by somebody. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of hard, right? There's a lot of, a lot of, um, when you fight wars, even in real life, right, um... It's really hard because, you know, people die. And people die in war. People on... And, and, you know, we always think of it as there being a good side and a bad side, you know? But those sides are made up of real people. Okay? In real life, there's nothing fun about war. There's nothing, uh, you know, there's nothing uh, exciting. I mean, I suppose it's exciting, but in a horribly terrifying way. It's terrifying. It's a nightmare. War is not fun. It's horrible, horrible stuff. And I think you guys understand that, right? 
Mm-hmm. Now, Star yeah. Wars is different because it's it's fiction, and we can enjoy it, and we can cheer when that Death Star explodes, and not, you know, mourn the tens of thousands of Imperial troops who are probably on that Death Star. A lot of them probably just there because they needed a job, right? We don't need to think about that stuff because it's Star Wars. It's not real. So in in real life in war, like bombs have been dropped on cities, you know? The United States even have, has done this, right? Dropped bombs on whole cities where, you know, many, many thousands, millions of people have died. And that, there's no... There's no celebration there. There's no, yay, it's horrible, no matter which way you slice it. Even if they're doing that because they're trying to win a war against an evil person, it's still horrible. Right? Anna, you had something to say? Yeah. What if we saw it from the Empire's perspective? And they would be the rebels, and the and the night side would be the Empire. <laughs> What if yeah. we saw it from their point of view? We were like them, wouldn't we? And they wouldn't like the other people. Right. The difference is that what the Empire does to people is, even if we're part of the Empire, we would hopefully understand and realize that what the Empire does to people is not good. Mm-hmm. Right? But if someone says, I'm going to leave the Empire, mm-hmm. someone might, the Emperor might kill them. That could be true, yeah. Yeah, it's probably a hard organization to leave. Especially if you know a lot. They probably wouldn't let you leave, right? Because they'd be afraid that you'd give their secrets away. Right. Yeah. Well, back to the episode. (laughs) That was a great tangent. And I think it's important for us to talk about, you know, the difference between fiction and reality. And actually, I want to get someone on our show uh, to talk about that. A really good author who writes about fantasy violence and how that's okay for kids to have these, to play these like war games basically. Um, because they know the difference between fiction and nonfiction. You know, you guys know, you understand that difference. You don't want to hurt anybody, but you love watching lightsaber fights. You know what I mean? So yes, Anna. I just want to say one more thing that's on the episode. If you double, double, triple pinky promise them, they might not kill you. (laughs) <laughs> who, who what? If the people that want to leave double, oh. double, oh. triple pinky promise the empire um, that they wouldn't keep any secrets away, they would probably let them go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think? Do you think they have to sign like a contract that says you know, a double, triple pinky promise? Pinky promise. I think people kind of get the gist of it. I think yeah. people kind of understand. <laughs> okay, so. Oh, yeah, one other thing I was wondering was, uh, why doesn't Ahsoka think that Kanan will spread hope, too? Is it because he wasn't the one on that message? I mean, he is a Jedi, right? I wonder if if uh, if that's going to be part of, like, Kanan being sad. And I'm just assuming Kanan's going to be, like, dejected and depressed all of season two, you know? Like, he's going to just be off in the corner sulking the whole season. I have no idea. But for some reason, I think that might happen. And... I don't know. I just, and maybe it's because he's part of the old order, the old Jedi order, you know, and people don't trust a lot of people in the galaxy. Don't trust the old Jedi order. And how does Kanan view Ahsoka? Ahsoka chose, she had a choice to walk away from the Jedi and she walked away. Kanan 
did not have a choice, and he ran. That's very different. They left the Jedi Order in very different ways and for very different reasons. Kanan would never have let, chosen to leave. He had to leave, because his master was killed and he would be killed too. But here's Ahsoka, who had the luxury in a time before Order 66 to just walk away. So I wonder if there's going to be a little bit of Kanan and Ahsoka kind of arguing in the second season about, about that. I could imagine that they might. So seconds after we see Ahsoka, we see Vader. But before Vader comes out, Callus kind of goads Tarkin. And he says, some people see the Empire as weak, vulnerable. He's kind of like making fun of Tarkin almost, right? Like, say, <laughs> this is your fault. You came here and you thought you were going to be all, I'm going to destroy the communications tower and take care of this Jedi. And what happened? The Jedi escaped. And now people think the Empire is weak. Callus is really giving it to Tarkin. And I don't know. He, he kinda, he's kind of rubbing his failure in his face. And I wonder, I don't know why he does that. Why do you, do you think Callus doesn't like Tarkin? It sure seems like it. Why do you think Callus doesn't like Tarkin? Like the Inquisitor and Callus. Huh? That reason. Like, like the Inquisitor know. and Callus? Yeah. Mm. Well, it's maybe because Tarkin told the Inquisitor to kill Oresco and Grint. Maybe. I don't think Callus really liked that. And I wonder if it's also because Callus is just disappointed that someone so high up in the chain of command, like Tarkin is like second in command almost under the Emperor. Someone that high up listens to and respects Sith. You know, these people with their crazy religious belief. Right? And that's kind of how I think a lot of people in the galaxy see Force users. So Vader versus Ahsoka. Are we going to see that happen? Probably. Yeah. We know how that's going to end. Well, we know Vader won't die. So. Maybe no one will die? I don't know. You know, a couple episodes ago. Uh, so I, two against one, so. Two lightsabers guess, against one lightsaber. I guess, um, well, I guess it would kind of be fair. Because it's only, it's whole master with one. So, and half, um. Um, and Ahsoka knows, like, she's still a Padawan. Mm. She left when she was a Padawan. Mm. So, but she does have two lightsabers, but still, Vader's better at fighting than Ahsoka, I think. Maybe. I'm not sure. We haven't really seen that in, in canon yet, that Vader's really good at fighting. I mean, we saw in A New Hope, when Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi... He was kind of slow, you know? I mean, he wasn't, like, fighting the way Anakin fought in the prequels, right? He wasn't, like, flipping all around and stuff, you know? Although in that first Darth Vader comic, he he fights all those people off in Jabba's Palace really good. Now, spoiler alert for the first Darth Vader comic. <laughs> this whole rebel, uh, this whole reaction core thing is just one big spoiler so if if you're listening to this and you haven't turned it off because you haven't read all the comics and all the books and watched all the TV shows, then you deserve to be spoiled. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I guess I should put that on the beginning. I always put it at the end. <laughs> so, so, okay. In our discussion uh, last episode of Rebel Resolve, we speculated on the fate of the courier droid and whether or not it would become part of the Lothcat family. 
And little did I know that on the Rebels Recon episode for Rebel Resolve, and for those of you who don't watch it, Rebels Recon is the StarWars.com review of each Rebels episode. Andy Gutierrez asked series producer Dave Filoni a very similar question about this uh, courier droid. And uh, I have a clip of his answer right here. Do you think any time down the road we'll see what that other droid's been up to living, we, living with the Loft Cats? We've discussed it. <laughs> we have actually discussed it. And we all decided, unfortunately for it, that its battery will probably run out. Oh, so it probably winds up die. like a little monument. Uh, it's not dead. It's just turned off, right? So it's just a little monument out there in the middle of the grass somewhere with these Loft Cats sitting on it. So there you go. Do either of you have any other thoughts on this episode? Liam? I do. Um, it was really mean that Ezra only told um Sabine and didn't he didn't tell Hera, but he told Sabine and Zeb. About what? About like um the crash, like they didn't crash the um oh. Tie Fighter. No, what you're saying though is that he should have told Hera and Kanan yeah. and Kanan about it. I suppose. Do you guys remember in uh, what is it? Um, Path of the Jedi. When Ezra's running through the field, and he's late for his training, and Kanan says, where were you? And he said, I was uh, somewhere with Sabine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were painting the TIE Fighter. All right, anything else? Yeah? Liam? Mm -mm. We're going to review Season 1 of Rebels on our next Reaction Core episode. I really look forward to taking a long view of the show so far and talking about our favorite moments it should be fun but for now this is children of the force reaction core please follow us on twitter at force children on facebook we're children of the force you can email us at forcechildren at gmail.com and check out our website which is still pretty sparse but i'm going to try to grow it pretty soon at www.childrenoftheforce.com and remember to subscribe to our show if you're not already. We're on iTunes, and if you're an Android user uh, or you just don't like iTunes, we are also on Stitcher. So please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher and tell us what you think of the show. Thanks for listening. So what happens now? I don't know. One chapter has closed for you, Ezra Bridger. This is a new day. A new beginning. Liam, what would you like to say to... Send us off. Anything? Like what? I don't know. What do you want to say? A Star Wars way of saying goodbye. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with you. May the, May the Force be with you. <laughs> May the Force be wait, with wait, you. Wait, let's That's say Star it Wars at Day. The same time. May, May the, the Force be, be with you. you. Bye bye, Buckethead.